Blog Talk Radio. September 1-6, September 16th, 2015. I read an article by a young guy named Ryan Holiday. I just read it yesterday, and it's called, If You Do This, You're a Monster. And what it is that makes people monsters is this. <laughs> I'm losing track already. They don't like this younger generation of people, and this guy Ryan's in his 20s, they don't like voicemails anymore. They're too clunky, right? They don't, they're always complaining about them, but here's what they like to do. Here's what the cool guys, he says, like to do. They like to send voice and video text or emails, and they don't take five minutes before they send them to lay out their thoughts nicely in clear sentences that are easy to understand. No, they send you a five-minute stream of consciousness that's what he calls it just as if they were james joyce now those of you who took english will get that maybe some of the others won't but the point is that it rambles all over the place and you have to listen to it three times to figure out what it says not just because it's rambling but because the person is in a restaurant and there's all all kinds of noise in the background, all kinds of cutlery and dishes and people talking. Now, Ryan says he understands that these people who are sending these messages, they're busy. But even so, he calls it uncivilized behavior. He says it's uncivilized because instead of taking the time to organize their own thoughts, they're forcing you to do the work for them. And he quotes a guy named Frank Lutz, L-U-T-Z, and says, what's important in a communication is not what you say, but what people hear. What's important in a communication is not what you say, but what people hear. And when you send them a five-minute video message, they hear that you're a jerk. Actually, he calls he calls those people who send those messages, he calls them douches. And I don't know if it's civilized. To call someone a sorry a douche <laughs> in public, but you get the point. People don't like rambling messages in their voicemail, in their email, or even on this show. And Jerry, Jerry, what show is this? The recruiting animal this last week that you're in a band and you're doing you know bigger shouts now uh no my drummer quit i'm not in a band anymore already you're out yeah. already why i put i put that on craigslist so i'll probably be in a band again this weekend it's the life of a rock and roller you know i mean you just never know where your next paycheck's coming from you never know who's showing up for the show 
Yeah, same I old thing. It's why I quit uh, 20 years ago. The guest canceled the show. She canceled, just so everyone knows. We had a guest, but she canceled. Who was the guest? Melissa Adamo, Jeff Newman's hmm. friend. She was going to come on to cut him up. She didn't like what he said when he was on a couple of weeks ago. Well, who did? Okay, well, not is, her. Are we on already? Yeah, we're on. But look, we'll ah. talk about it without her. We'll talk about it without her. That's what can I let's say? Let's talk about her. No, I don't know enough about her, okay? You had a long chat. Well, then with let's her. make some stuff up then. I don't want What's to. What's the matter? I just want to move ahead. Unless you want to sing a song, what have you been singing in your group, Jerry? Uh, stuff that you wouldn't even recognize. Uh, just tell me. Throw out some titles. Jason Isbell, Soul Asylum. Soul Asylum? Uh, what song? What the song Posies. Okay, forget it. Uh, you, you know, okay. You know what? No, you, I just, I, I'm a very private person, man. I mean, you're, Yeah, I know you're private. I'm yeah, not the right. guest here. I didn't say you were. I was giving you a minute to chit-chat at the beginning. Uh, right. off, okay? Hey, uh, Derek Zeller's on a plane heading to Dallas. Yeah, I don't care. Okay, look. Uh, I'm just keeping you updated, dude. Thank you very much. You know what? I know we got to kill some time, <laughs> but I'm happy to end the show early. So I've got some notes. I made them in the last couple hours. Let's just go through them. And the first notes are actually things that you pointed out to me uh, from Facebook this morning. Your buddy... Oh. Uh, your buddy, one of your buddies says... Okay, one of your buddies Every, and everybody's my buddy, so you need to be a little more specific. I don't need to say his name, but he hates this show, okay? He absolutely well, wrote a few long That doesn't really it. narrow it down. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Anyway, he says okay. he got a call from a high-level candidate last night at 10.30 p.m. Or okay, this night. is news to me, then. I was, I was going on his M.O. of just... You know, okay, making we'll it rain on your Let customers. Okay, don't interrupt me, okay? Anyway, he's got this candidate. The candidate's been interviewing at two different companies, and both of them know intentionally from the recruiter that he's interviewing with two companies, not just one company, okay? Mm-hmm. So the candidate says, I interviewed with the COO, and he was pressing me hard on salary. He wants to know what I want. So the uh, recruiter says, what did you do? And this is what the candidate says. He says, I stuck exactly with the script you gave me. I just kept saying that my main priority was finding the right fit and that I was confident that their offer would be fair. That whatever it was, you and I would go over it together and then get back to them. So this recruiter was very happy. And he said, look, I'm going to see what I can do for you. The next day, he called the COO and he told him again that the candidate wasn't interested in creating a bidding war between the two companies he was interviewing with. He said it was all about the culture, okay? And that was his main concern, not the money. So then when the offer came in, it was $125,000 higher than what the candidate said would accept, okay? so But we've been hearing constantly on this show that you cannot go in to a company and refuse to tell them what you're after money-wise. I guess you can if you're over the $350,000 a year crowd, because that's what this no-names-needed recruiter works in. Mm -hmm. Okay, So he's working with these people who don't know how to have a discussion about compensation or salary or money. My guess is once you're at 350, you've never successfully negotiated 
through a salary conversation. And luckily, you've got this recruiter to help you. What do you mean? Those guys should be the best negotiators. That's so- what I'm saying. I was being sarcastic. Well, I couldn't tell. That's a ma- that's another made-up story, man. I'm tired of these made-up baloney BS scenarios. You if you're making three hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, you're not gonna not be able to negotiate that kind of a conversation. You're not going to just say, uh, "What did my recruiter tell me to say?" I forgot. Let me think. Let me think. No, what? No, these. That's much crap. Anybody Fake else? Fake story. Got a, Fake story. Anybody else, got, anybody else on the line got an opinion? Do they believe the story? Can you go and get a job without telling the company what you want just by saying, I'm sure you're going to make a fair offer? Anybody? Since we say the exact opposite thing every single week. Nobody. Nobody's got an opinion. Okay, fine. Now, this same guy, he said it's a really good practice to reward your clients. And here's how he rewards them. He buys the memberships to private restaurants, sporting clubs, country clubs, etc., he says. Every time they take a client out for a round of golf or to a private restaurant, uh, they think of you. You're the guy who gave them this opportunity to entertain uh, and do their business development in style. Uh, what do you think of that, Jer? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not into buying your business. I just—it's very 1950s um, to me. It's a lot of that is just not accepted. No, I mean, how do you know it's not accepted? What kind of industry are we talking about that this guy works? I think in? he places lawyers. Okay, because the only people I can think of who are maybe naive enough who make that much money who would need the guidance would be athletes because they're young usually. Mm. But other than that, I don't get it. But though with with um, law firms, though, maybe they're not under the same corporate America rules that prohibit me from uh, dropping off a sack of cash to my customers <laughs> and saying thanks thanks for the fat fee. My lawyer's son insists that it's all different when it comes to law firms. Who do we have here? Who's that? Somebody you shouldn't be talking to. And if I know what is, uh, as soon as I figure out what his uh, his area code is, I'm going to cut him off because he didn't now, apologize. Wait, wait a minute. Hold on. Has he been banned from the show? Until he apologizes and promises never to do that again and follow the rules. Oh, yeah. And it's come on, man. Let's let it there, go. I will. I will there not speak his name, but I was proven correct yesterday, and I believe that you owe me an no, apology. I don't think you were. I'm not going to argue it with you. Just watch your step, okay? Oh, I had him with you. When, push, you animal, pushed me too far. Animal. You pushed me animal. too far. Yeah. Animal. Yeah. When did this show get rules? I, when this guy <laughs> almost got me canceled, okay? Last year. When, yeah, and I, and I was right all along. It's amazing. No, a year ago, a year ago. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying his name. I promise you, I will not say his Fuck name. Fuck off! Don't talk about it. I'll have to cut everybody off. Okay, I'm serious. Oh goodness! I gave you lots of breaks. You gave Pull me it. lots of breaks. 
Yeah, I should have cut you off long before. Now lay off. No, you should have been loyal. You should have been loyal to somebody who was an active well, participant you, in you, your show you, for a long I time. I told you, don't act like a jerk on Facebook. So what you did, you defriended me, and you defriended everybody. This show's not about because you. you were, Just be quiet. Because you Perhaps were loyal. He wants to, to be friends again. Maybe this is time for the olive branch. Okay, let's hey. see where this goes. You let's can't patch it up for the good like of a, us all. Uh, not out of control. You cannot do that, okay? I guess loyalty means nothing around here. You're full of it. Don't tell me I'm not loyal. I let you stay on when I was getting lots of complaints about you. Finally, you, never you, had you really blew it. You took it too far. Okay? Just be quiet. Going on and then the yesterday I was topic. proven correct hey, when I got a quiet, spam email. Quiet. <laughs> Apologize and promise to follow the rules. I'll let you talk. Otherwise, you're out. I told you a long you time ago. You owe me an apology. Ago. I don't owe you an apology. I was loyal to you, not vice versa. Yeah, okay. You were you were not loyal. You're full of it. Everybody's going to go I was on, on your show every week participating. You know what? I might have screwed around a little bit, but I had content no, to add to your show, good questions, good conversations, all that. Some guy comes on this show I don't like his business practices, and I call him a spammer. And all of a sudden, there we go. Good. What happened? That's Did you cut him off? I muted him. Let him talk to himself. You know Animal what? Animal is getting tyrannical. He thinks I have to be apologizing to him. The guy's got it backwards. Something's wrong with him. And I gave him a a lot of rope till finally he hung himself. And almost me too. Okay, I'm going to move on. Now this guy also says so. Nobody agrees. That you should pay your clients kickbacks, or what's the difference between giving them a Christmas gift and buying them a, a membership at a fancy you're, club? You're not allowed to. It's against the law. It is illegal. To do yeah. what? Hey, animal. You, you can't. You the also. You can't. What? You just can't do that. It's it's against most companies. They'll send you once you're doing business with any Fortune five thousand company. They'll they'll send you a business conduct or rules of service, some kind of memorandum to you that says, "Hey, do not uh, give us any gifts of any kind, anything like I think beyond like fifty bucks, you need to report to." Yeah. I'd, so Jerry, you take your you you like taking people out for lunch, right? Sure. Your yeah, you can take them out to lunch. Must sure. cost more than fifty dollars when you take out a you know a bunch of people. They're talking about taking the guy out to lunch and then uh, slipping him an envelope under the thing with his membership card in it to the local uh, golf club. You can't do that, man. Okay, well, what if uh, which, uh, which what leads if me to believe CEO, that all those stories are fake? Uh-huh. What if you're not a Fortune 500 company? You're the CEO matter. of a small to medium business. Is, you is can't really do that because it's, uh, it's doing – then you're into some quid pro quo, my company's <clears throat> going to pay you 20000 bucks, and then you're going to launder that money around, and next thing you know, there's a there's a new Corvette sitting in my driveway with a title in my name. Yeah, you just can't <laughs> do that. Mike Cox, Mike Cox wanted to say something. No, I was just wondering if that's a, that's a real situation that anybody's coming across, aside from – the one guy that you mentioned, I, I've never been a part of it. I mean, we go to lunch and you have dinners, and 
bottles of wine at Christmas time and things like that, liquor and whatnot. Yeah. It, that's is anybody really getting crazy with that kind of stuff? Well, or uh, I guess one crazy guy, enough to really be concerned or talking about it. Mike, if somebody doesn't give you, let's say you give a lot of business to somebody, and they don't give you a bottle of liquor at Christmas time, are you going to get offended and give your business to somebody else? <laughs> so if somebody was doing such a great job that we just kept going back to them, yeah, and because I don't get a bottle of Black Label, uh, I'm just going to stop that relationship? I don't know. That makes more sense. Hell no, no the answer is no. That pile of money and go out and just buy my own booze. Now here's the deal. Let me let me read a few quotes here. One last tip I would offer is not to be stingy. I've gifted candidates who will net my recruiters over a hundred thousand dollars in fees this year. I'm busy. I don't have time to work with anyone making under three hundred fifty anyway. Guess who has earned a, a little loyalty? The same goes for clients and placed candidates. Take them out for the nicest dinner you can. I take my clients out racing Ferraris. Buy them memberships in country clubs and send limos over to take their wives and kids out shopping during the holidays. I'm always looking for creative ways to do things for them that will make my number the only number they call when they need representation. Guess who has very loyal clients? You can't spend your marketing dollar any better than on current clients. Spoil the hell out of them. If I make a fee somewhere between a hundred and five hundred thousand dollars, how can I not invest ten grand tax deductible to strengthen the tie that binds? How can okay. you not spend on that relationship? Well, for, it's illegal. I guess it isn't. You're wrong. <laughs> it's certainly. No, no, I believe that it's illegal for any okay. uh, publicly held company, anyway. Okay. Well, no, if, if he's doing this for his candidates, is he is he doing this? It sounded like you had mentioned he's doing this for his candidates. Damn so the guys that he he's doing it for everybody. Both. Both. Yeah. Yeah. He says the same goes for clients and placed candidates. Take them out. Take them Ferrari racing. Buy them a membership in the country club. Send limos for their wives and kids to go shopping. Yeah, we heard it, okay? We heard it. <laughs> you want me to read it again? Do you no. want to hear it? No, no, let's go on, okay? Nobody else does it. Mike says if you're giving him good service, he doesn't depend on, on that bottle of wine. <laughs> Black label. Okay. Black label. Black label, okay? So that's, that's going out to your, your people. Okay. Anyway. That's same guy. Sorry, uh, Alejandro, are you saying something? Talk a little louder. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear me better now? Yeah. Yeah, the the fact of the matter is that reeks of impropriety. You're going to turn all sorts of people off yeah. in the first place if you're doing that. People aren't going to want to do business with you because they're going to know that you're not doing business on a, a up-and-up fashion, and they're going to be a casualty of that sooner or later. Okay. You guys don't. You guys don't really believe him, do you? I don't know. I think it's a bunch of baloney. I'd like to see where you're let, getting this information. Yeah, hell no. Just, like just a, a Google him. Google him. Google him on uh, YouTube, and um, and look at his goofy ass videos that he does. And like the guy's a, a joke. 
Do we all know who we're talking about so you can further research No, that was going to be my next question. Was who (laughs) in the hell are we talking about? Just go to Animal's um, various people online group. (laughs) It's the one that used to be the recruiter's online group. I don't know if the name's still the same. That's where I bought my last pair of Nikes. Bam! (laughs) Hey, Blake. Yeah. Can we count on you to go hunting this year or what? Or do you hey, 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 hey. That's not a hunting show, okay? <laughs> it is, too. You're not offering to take Blake. out a client out to a hunting trip, are you? Yeah, there you Uh-oh. go. Before. There you go. <laughs> Make it rain. All the cores light you can drink. I'll slap okay. a 50 down and say, keep them coming. Okay. <laughs> okay. I got an announcement. Here's Larry Jones. Lisa Marie Jones, who is a favorite of ours on this show, even though she's only been on once. Uh, she's right, over in hold England. on a second. I'm going to go grab a quick snack. I'll be go up ahead. at five. Keep it she's, going. Got, she's got her own show now. She uh, she interviews people on Skype and then posts them up on SoundCloud. And she had a guy named Alex Moyle. Now, Moyle is a person, in my experience, who practices, who does circumcisions. But I'm going to guess this guy, he's... <laughs> He's a recruiting. He's a recruiting uh, consult, consultant. He teaches recruiters how to make more money. Anyway, so during their conversation, Lisa said the average recruiter in the United Kingdom will take ten job orders and only place two of them. She said that's a shocking statistic, and the reason it exists is because recruiters are taking. Too many crap job orders because they're frightened to say no. She said the only orders they should take are the ones they're likely to place. Anybody want to comment at this point? Because I have more to say about that from their show. Let me just finish off the point then. To he, The other guy, then Alex said, to make money, you've got to do drive-by recruiting. He calls it recruitment. Drive-by recruitment. You roll down the window, go bang, bang, bang without stopping the car because you don't have time to do a lot of work on every order. You've got to place people who are low-hanging fruit or you're not going to make a lot of money. If you do a lot of research, someone else is going to get the people in there before you and you're not going to get a lot of placements done. Anybody agree with them? Sounds like styles makes fights, the old boxing uh, terminology. This more what than one it? way to skinny what was cat. That? There's didn't an hear old that, boxing Alan. saying that says yeah. styles make fights. You know, one guy might be a great defender, another one might be a counterpuncher, and you see a, an interesting fight between those two boxers. And so styles make fights. There's more than one way to recruit. If you find something that's going to work for you, then do it. But no, no, they, ju- they said clearly, no, no, come on. They said it's not going to work for anybody if they take 10 job yeah, orders and only place two. There's more than one way to do things. But, yeah, of course, if you if you take unfillable orders, that's probably ill-advised, obviously. But, but, but hold one on, person's hold talking on a about doing hold high on. volume Alejandro, and the other one's Alejandro, Alejandro, some people espouse the principle of going to a, a potential client or a client and saying, give me your hardest to fill positions and I'll prove myself. They're saying you're not going to make any money doing that. That's okay. To me, personally speaking, that's dopey. But again, you know, some people, I guess that's how they generate business. Anybody else? Drive by recruitment? 
Okay. I thought it was interesting. This guy, Alex. It's different, too. That's not drive-by recruiting saying give me your hardest order. Working no, no. High volume he said drive-by recruiting is throw, throwing a lot of people who are easy to, easy to find at them. Boom, boom, boom. That's that's it. You bang, bang, bang. You just you lower yeah, the window. Volume. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Anyway, recruiters. Well, what do you do, Alex? I mean, what's your what's your approach? Do you take hard to fill orders or easy to fill orders or stuff you know you're going to be likely to fill? You you know what? I'm working currently a bunch of incredibly hard to fill orders, but I know I can fill them. Because when I get the people with this client, the fact that they're retained, we fill it. So it takes a long time, but we know that once we get the people, we're going to close them. What makes it so hard, uh, take it, a long time? Worth, what makes it take a long time? What makes it hard? What makes it take a long time? A combination of things. The, the type of people that they're looking for uh, in terms of quality uh, just are scarce. And then the other thing is, the industry is not that large. So, so you if you were doing contingent search, if you were doing contingent then, search, you wouldn't you wouldn't take that, right? You wouldn't take those orders. Is I that right? I wouldn't I would take them possibly, but I I would certainly work on other stuff to uh you know the bang, bang, bang protect stuff. myself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. You know, two years ago when we met, that's exactly what I was working on, high volume. Oh, and you made and a switch, was, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was, okay. To me, it was well worth my time because of the fact of the relationships we enjoy. But we were making money, same thing, just filling uh, high-volume contracting. But you're making more money now? Yeah, much. Okay, so this is better. Well, you're saying these yeah. retained hard-to-fill searches, that's a better business. Is that what you're saying? It's a different business. I enjoy this business more. You're making you a make lot more money. It's a better business. Why do I have to fight with you about that? <sighs> Again, it it depends on at what level, right? If, okay, if okay, I'm, Dad, I'm not going to argue. Okay, no, okay. This oh, Alex Moyle, someone disagrees. What? Someone disagrees. That's the end of the world. Well, no, we already went over it. That's why. Okay, look, the show, you know, I'm trying to save this show. The guest canceled on me. I had a fight with uh, that guy for five minutes before I, you know, just got rid of him. I'm saving the show. That's all I'm doing. That's my goal, to please the listeners. Okay? Now, he said the recruiting business has been disrupted by LinkedIn fixed-price recruiters and the new... In-house sourcers, they, you know, these companies are hiring, you know, people from the external recruiting world and bringing them in-house. So that's changed the recruiting market. And he said recruiters today are not equipped to explain why they're worth the money, even though they've got all this competition that they didn't have before. So he says recruiters are selling three things. Number one, good candidates. But that's not all. Number two the client experience. He calls it service. He didn't specify what it means because he differentiated the third element was timeliness. So you got the candidates, you got the speed to get them in there quickly. Also, you're nice to deal with. Like it's for some I guess when they want to get in touch with you and understand what's happening, you're there for them. So those are the three things that recruiters have to be able 
to talk about in order to sell their services. Anybody agree about that? Not a soul, eh? Nobody else wants to, no one wants to talk about it. No? Okay. Don't help me. Don't help me save the show. There's no guess. I got nobody to talk to. What? Did you mute them? No, I only muted that one guy, okay? Everybody's here. That don't okay, I'll move on. It's not interesting to you. Branding. He said you've got to compete with a lot of other agencies, so you've got to have a compelling reason why people should join you. But he agrees with me that all recruiters do the same thing. So how are you gonna say I'm different? He said there is a differentiator. They do the same thing, but they do it differently. Now I don't know what that means, to tell you the truth. I don't think retained recruiting and contingent recruiting are very much different. I've said it many times. I don't know. What's different? If you know, if they pay you, if they you know, give you a membership in a club after, at the end of the search, that's different, obviously. But everything else, I don't think it's possible for recruiters to really brand themselves or differentiate themselves, except by saying, they specialize in a certain area, and everybody knows them. Anybody disagree with me or want to add something to that? You know what? I know there's people on the line who are corporate recruiters who hire recruiters. And I've often heard that, you know, you call up a, re- a corporate recruiter, a recruiting manager, they'll say, why should I use you? And they complain that the recruiter never has anything to say. So I'm wondering if any of you have a comment on this no eh okay number three here's another point guy said that it's very important for a small recruiting firm to have a very strong business plan and to tell all the recruiters in the business what their plans are they have to document how much money they want to make in the next 12 months they have to have very clear goals written down it makes a huge difference personally i don't know how it makes a difference but that's what he said. Does anybody want to talk about that with me? Because uh, you when think I have not a... writing down your goals is wise. Well, does writing them down make a difference? You're you're working hard anyway, right? You're working hard anyway, but if you lose sight of your goals, you may stray and start working in a different direction, or just working on things that aren't getting you to where you need to be. Okay. You want to elaborate on it for does, us? Does that mean an you example? have to write them down? Well, it's always nice to write them down. Do you not write down your goals and think, you know, this is what I want to accomplish this year, and then focus on making sure that everything you work on. Do you write down your business goals? Absolutely. Can you give us some examples to help us here? (laughs) So um, number of hires, uh, level of, uh, of experience with regard to sales executives, which companies we want to target. Um, I'm also involved with learning and development, so which um, learning programs or training programs we want to build and roll out this year. Yeah, okay. You know what? And if you don't don't do that, you're going to get so bogged down in the daily administrative trivial stuff, you're you're not going to get to accomplish anything. 
You know, a lot of these questions, they were for the third-party recruiting managers. Jerry's a third-party recruiting manager. He knew I didn't have a guest, but he had to go get himself a sandwich. Hey, I'm back. So. I don't need this kind of <laughs> attitude, dude. Well, I, you know what? I'm dying here, Jerry, because these are questions I put in. Okay, Jerry will answer some of these questions. They're for small recruiting firm owners, right? You're the only uh, then one I can't here. answer them. We're a medium-sized recruiting firm. <laughs> I don't think so. You can count the number of recruiters you have for you on one hand. Okay. Here's a here's a question from Lisa Rakusek, a good friend. Should an internal recruiter who discovers that an employee in their company is interviewing somewhere else because of a a comment that uh, just she hears about it, should she tell her man the manager of that person that his uh, staff member is interviewing in another firm? Anybody got an opinion? Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, I, I think he shouldn't tell if he's a nice person, but uh, that's m- just my opinion. Okay, now we're going to talk about what we were going to talk about with Melissa Adamo, who was supposed to be the, the guest today and unfortunately had to do something else at the last minute. Our good friend, Will Tom. Yeah, okay, well, you had to go and get a sandwich when I was just sure, sort of getting a sure I did. And you know I didn't have a guest, okay? But you had to run away and get your ham sandwich, whatever it is you're eating, okay? Right, That's I'm going to tell you the truth. I didn't go get a sandwich. I didn't go get a sandwich. What were you doing when I was looking for feedback? You didn't say a word. Talking to my wife. Yeah, okay, well, great. You couldn't leave it to My the gorgeous wife. blonde wife. Yeah, okay. They're going to the Taylor Swift concert tonight. Okay, I don't care. Okay. Uh, See, we'll, we'll, you don't care. Yeah. That's the problem with us. You don't care about me anymore. <laughs> yeah, okay. Will Thompson, our good friend, says that chatting with job hunters you can't use is going to help you build your business. He says the formula to success uh, that he's uh, seen in every successful person he's ever met has three elements, and here they are. Never compromise your integrity. I guess that means don't lie or, you know, don't backstab or something like that. Uh, Be a good networker. And here's the one that we're interested in. They cherish every relationship. Will says your cold calling days are over when you treat people the way they want to be treated because they'll go out of their way. They'll go out of their way then to help you. People want to help people who've helped them. And he says he gets excited watching other people succeed, and he doesn't even worry about his own business because he knows in this, quote, crazy world, we're all here to give a, a le- to lend a helping hand. And he knows that if he helps people, he doesn't have to worry about his own success because people will want to help him. <laughs> well, like shoveling their driveway in the out. winter? or I mean, how, what, what, what are you talking about? Carrying in the groceries? That's going to bring him business by talking to these job hunters. Okay. The the one caveat is as long as you stay laser focused in a niche. Yes, what he's saying is absolutely right. What do you mean, Alejandro? If you spread yourself thin, if you do generalists, you know, one day I'm looking for biochemists and the next day I'm looking for C++ programmers, yep. that approach is not going to work. Great point. So if Why not? He's a sales recruiter. Yeah. So if a plumber calls him up and needs some resume advice, uh huh, I can guarantee you Will's not going to spend forty five minutes talking to a plumber about his resume. 
I uh, see. I believe that too. But Will makes it sound like he'll talk to anybody. I believe what you guys are saying is true. He'll talk to people who seem like likely candidates in the future. He'll spend all kinds of time with them to make sure they come back to him because he knows they're not useless. They're money down the, the road. You just you just answered right. your own criticism. If they seem like likely candidates in the future, that's the key right there. But that's not what he's advertising. He says, he says successful people cherish every relationship. He says they don't cherish every relationship that they think when they think they can use the person later on. No, no, no. He says we're in this crazy world to lend a helping hand. That's all he says. Let's you be real. You don't have to be a creep, but you're not going to spend an inordinate amount of time on something your business isn't focused on. And also, this comes from Will's blog. Will has to has to come up with extra words, filler stuff. He's just making stuff up. He's just saying that because he's got a blog. And he's got to say something on your blog, so that's what he's saying. He he can't really fully believe all of that. No way. Okay. Yeah, I believe it, that he it gets back to what Jerry always says. Time is the most important thing you got to manage as a recruiter at any level. So why nope. would you spend 45 minutes with the plumber candidate when you're doing salespeople? Okay. I agree, but I think Will would you know, have a hard time admitting that what we just said, what you just said is true, okay? Will is also traveling today. Yeah, I know. Thanks. Okay, but here's, <laughs> here's, here's another story like that. Stacey Zepar is one of the most popular people in the recruiter sphere. I will attest to that. I see her name all over the place, and she gets a lot of praise. There was a story on LinkedIn, a long story called the Stacey Zepar story, okay? And it starts off like this. Stacey Zepar, I think that's how you say her name, didn't build her business through cold calling, not through mass emails or any other classic business development strategy. No, she built a massive network over time by providing people with useful information. Now that network provides her with opportunities, unsolicited opportunities. What made Zepar different throughout her career as a recruiter was the time she spent helping the candidates who applied to her open positions, particularly the ones who didn't get the job. Okay, so there it is again. Help the losers. <laughs> help the losers and they'll help you. Okay, Here, listen to this. She said she only charged somebody once. She charged him for one hour of uh, career advice when she spent three hours talking with him on the phone and then spent another few hours writing his resume or rewriting it. And hold on. Even though he did get the job she was helping him with, she couldn't sleep at night thinking about the money. <laughs> so she sent it back. She sent his check back. Okay? And it says she built a following of thousands of talented professionals around the world. And obviously that helped her recruit, but it also grew her influence as a, a talent advisor. Anybody got a comment so far? Not one person. Okay. Well, well you're, here, go ahead. Well, you're, 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 are, are you, what is your point? She's saying that she. <laughs> 
hold on. Yeah, great story. But... What's your point? I'll tell you. My, I'll tell you my point. We just analyzed Will Thompson's uh, story. Okay, he yeah. goes around preaching that he helps everybody. Be nice. He must go to a church and say it there too if they let him have a you know a guest sermon. But in fact, when we take a look at it, we know it can't be true because he can't be successful if he follows his own rules for success. Now, let me let me say something. What? Will is a super nice guy. I like Will. He's a friend of yep. mine. He just started his own agency, I believe, just this year, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's still in that euphoric, hey, I'm a success because I'm helping people. Wait till he hits about a four-month skid where he's worried about losing his home. And let's see how many people he's going to sit around and chew the shit with. Okay. Oops. Go ahead. Well, Oops. He says he won't. Sorry about that. He will, Can you delete that? Will, I don't cuss in public. He will, he won't get in that situation because he's got a lot of friends. He's making a lot of friends and people who want to help yeah, him. Yeah, he's traveling today. That's what a lot of people are saying. Yeah, but my so, point is, life is good. We, we said that that doesn't work, and and now there's this stasis story about. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Uh, sometimes I just crack myself up. I just do. I mean, I can't get enough of myself from time to time. Okay. Well, here's Stacy. She spent like ten hours on a guy's uh, on a on a guy's uh, career advice. She gives him money for one hour and she sends it back. Okay. Stacy Zappos. Yeah. First of all, if that story's not overblown, it's the exception and not the norm. I guarantee it. Mm. You know, it's probably a bit inflated because all of our stories, myself included, wind up being that way when we tell them. But if if that's the if that's the case, I don't think that that's what her day is consumed with every day. She's a no, successful here's what she says. It just can't be. She she here's what he says in the story. Zappar became a mentor to so many job hunters that she blocked off one hour a day on her calendar for many years, which she spent solely answering emails and emails from job seekers or hopping on the phone with them. This is the only time she actually charged somebody. So she spends an hour a day helping people who can't help her. Presumably. That sort of reframes it, doesn't it? It works great. I mean, she's, what, working, what, what, she's working what, on making what, money and then giving back. Great. Yeah. What's the charge? What's the how much? Is it 500 bucks? Because then it might be worth spending a little time with somebody. No, she doesn't charge anything. That's the whole point. The one time she charged, she sent back the money. Okay. Anyway, um, and it worked oh. great for her. You, you're basically letting us know that there are many ways to get to success. This hey, happens the, to be one other. The Pope's on his way to town. Maybe we can set up a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> He's only got an hour for you, Jerry. <laughs> okay. <It's> a- <laughs> <laughs> I'm killing myself. <laughs> By 2011, Zappar had a large following on both LinkedIn and Twitter. She was seen as one of the most influential recruiters on social media. This led to companies asking her to help them with their social recruiting efforts. Her husband encouraged her to start her own business. What made her business explode was when she began presenting at conferences. Okay, for her from her presentation to Talent Connect. She she landed her two largest clients today, Zappos and Trip Advisor. Okay, so she helped all these people, uh, and I don't know exactly how that made her. 
popular online. Can, can we stop calling a large um, LinkedIn pile of connections? Can we stop calling that a following? <laughs> can we stop with uh, using the wrong words all the time? Uh, did, did technically, I we could yeah. say that I've got a fan base of thousands of recruiters. It's probably ten that really know me. <laughs> hold on, but hold on, Jerry. You started using uh, the wrong words all the time. No, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you follow people now? But she, she had a, a like. Uh, she was the most connected woman on LinkedIn. That was her her her, her uh, tagline for a long time. Okay. Which is great. Yeah. What does it mean? Uh, a lot of she had a lot of connections on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So do I. <laughs> People okay. were obviously impressed enough by it to give her Stacey's, opportunities to make money. That was back before everybody realized money. that LinkedIn was a job board. Uh-huh. Crap wagon. Okay. She, Crap she's wagon. A very, i got to tell you, she's a very charming person, and she's smart, too. Okay. I uh, hope she doesn't it, listen it, to this and think that I don't like I think she's great. Yeah, I, I have one you, of her uh, fan base. Okay, Jerry comes in. He does a realistic assessment of you know what's said, and then he backpedals. Oh, Will is a great guy. Are I you just part of her following? You know, he's my <laughs> friend, and now he's doing the same thing for Dude, Stacey. Dude, it's my yeah. mo. I'll slam somebody, and then I'll tell him I'm sorry. It wasn't me. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean that. Uh, Animal you know, goaded you know. me. Animal goaded me. He made me sound like I was saying something I didn't mean to say. Okay, but remember, remember what. Remember what this guy started off saying. Stacy Zappar didn't build her business through cold calling, mass emails, or any other classic business development strategy. She built a massive network by providing people with useful information, and that provides her with unsolicited opportunities. That's what You're, you're missing and, something, though. Yeah, and, and that's not a complete story. That's just one of the things she strategy. was doing. Why are those strategies classic? Why do they stand the test of time? You're talking about someone who's an outlier who found a way to make success for them in a non-standard fashion. Okay. So okay. what? Okay, so we got Will Thompson, we got Stacy, and the reason we were having this show is that this is a topic today was two weeks ago or maybe three, we had our good friend Jeff Newman on the line. He had a, a very tough job search. Then he came back here, he, he, he said three things. He said, I will, these are my new rules for recruiting. I will not get frustrated with a candidate who submits themselves to every role on the website. That's number one. <laughs> Number two, I will not be irritated with someone who calls me. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta laugh. I will not be irritated with someone who calls me every day when I told them I'll call them when there's news. And number three, if someone emails me to ask why they didn't uh, get the job, I'll try and help. Okay, and then he'll be a, a career advisor for for these people, and he'll always follow up. He said in the past. He says, I didn't always follow up with the losers. I wish I understood how much it hurts. Okay, so he's this reformed guy. He's going to be real nice. He also thinks he's got time to do it. Melissa, who was supposed to be the guest today and is his friend and former colleague, she said, this is BS. If he does all these things, that he won't have time to be a good recruiter. So what you guys are saying, these are a few outliers – these are there's a lot of people who are spreading this uh, idea yeah, of 
spreading what the gospel of of free help. Yeah, yeah, they're spreading this. We're going to help strangers. We're going to help job hunters. We're going to help the people we can't use, and that's going to make our lives better financially and in every other way. We're saying today. Are are you hoping to get any of us to say that you shouldn't help other people? There's a limit. Of course you should help people, but yes, there's a limit exactly. The well, Jerry often, says, classic Jerry often says clearly, Jerry often says clearly, just like he said, if the plumber calls, don't waste your time with that person. And but hold on. Says, you can certainly be thoughtful with the plumber for a second. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to take an hour and talk to him about all the possibilities for plumbers that I'm aware of, of you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to help him put together a job search strategy. Uh, but how often does this kind of stuff happen? Rarely. I mean, we're talking mean? about this as if it's some noble cause that these applicant helpers have committed themselves to, when it only ever happens once every, I don't know, couple of weeks, twice a month, Jerry, some guy you... needs some help. I mean, we can all help some people. Okay, Jerry, you've often said here that you don't feel any obligation to reply to people who apply for a job who aren't any good for it, who clearly aren't because, any good but, for it. But again, it rarely happens in my in, in agency stuff. It all comes yeah. down to me. I'm not a corporate guy like Newman is. Sorry, sorry uh, go ahead, Trevor. I mean, uh, Travis. I said it's just a matter of managing expectations. Uh, he's, having the, he's having this uh, dilemma over trying to help people that, well, I, I think he's on the wrong path, but uh, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it other than that, but you can't be everything to everybody. Okay. Okay. I, I think that the stories, they sound good at first, and then there's always uh, a qualifier. Like, it sounds like she helps everybody, and then it comes down to an hour a day. Okay? That's considerable good, amount Not of even time. an hour a day. I mean, come on. She says she a lot of the stuff you could boil it down to three times a year. No, <laughs> I think you're, once. I think if you're dealing you with know what I mean? I will help an old lady across the street every single time. How often does it happen? Never. Yeah. How many okay. old ladies do you see that need help across the street? Okay, they've all got Very walkers now. Okay, I'm just saying, I mean, we, we all talk about these, or some some in our crowd talk about these grandiose give-back-to-the-community deals. It never happens. This is done. Okay. It's not a common occurrence that some, that some plumber's going to call you about your sales VP job and that you're going to stop what you're doing and commit yourself to helping this guy out. It just doesn't happen. I'm sick of the baloney Animal. stories. I met your friend Slater last but again, yesterday for lunch. I love Will Smith and Stacey Zephar. Love them both. <laughs> Alejandro, I met, I met, I met your buddy for a cup of coffee, and I, I told him that I'd try and help him out. I'd, I'd spread his message and arrange some meetings for him. Now, if that doesn't happen, you know, if it doesn't go through beyond the couple of calls that I'll make, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. It's just, you know, that happened, but it's not central to what I'm doing or my business. Who was just I won't even help out a relative that much, let alone somebody I don't even know. Just on some maybe down the road it'll come back to me weird kind of karma thing. I won't even look at my cousin's resume. I'm not here to help all these people. Uh, Too busy on the, Facebook. The, the, the great Jerry Albright helped me last week for a total of 15 minutes. 
Uh-huh. Don't, don't tell you're blowing my cover, dude. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever call me again. <laughs> I don't have time to help all you miserable people. <laughs> Hold on, Alejandro. Who, who was that you took out for a coffee and promised to help? Your buddy Slater, who you wanted me to meet. Oh, Ben London. Slater. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. right. Well, yeah, he's got yeah. a business. He's not a job hunter, okay? Well, that was, no, that's but, different, but uh, uh, Animal. You asked him to help. Right. Yeah. I didn't ask him. I said, but, I said he wants but, to – I just said he wants to meet people while he's in New York. He's from England. Well, you and mentioned If you want to meet with them, fine, okay? Maybe I put you on the yeah. spot, and I didn't realize that I – Yeah, that's fine. But the thing is, it's it's not going to really help me probably ever down the line. But yeah. It doesn't really matter. I didn't know he you know, was looking can, for help. I, I thought he just minutes. wanted to chat with people. Oh, I thought he just wanted to chat with it people. It was probably some multi-level no. marketing scheme, animal. No, yeah, don't no, have no, those people call me either. Let me come back. Let me come back. Come back to this. I think Amy Alla had an article about don't send me your your brother's resume or something like that. I think she wanted. It just comes to mind. She mm-hmm. she had something like that. Okay, but but we've agreed that. The Jeff Newman is just you know he's just got his new job and he's feeling the pain still of his old uh, his recent job search. Mm-hmm. Will is you're you know I don't know what he's uh, what he's on. You're saying he's riding a, a wave of success. He's feeling very generous because and he's traveling it. today. And yeah, and Stacy who's in Denmark uh, and just had a nap by the way. She let us know. Uh, I think uh, an hour a day is very nice, but the way the guy wrote the story. It sounded like she was spending all her time doing that, and it was really hard to understand, um, you know, how someone could do everything for all these people and still have time to recruit. And, Jerry, these people are corporate recruiters. Corporate recruiters are getting a lot of applications. Who's a corporate recruiter? Stacy, Jeff Newman, and uh, Will. Uh, Will was a corporate recruiter. Now he's on his own, okay? But presumably... If you're a headhunter, you're calling people at work. They already have jobs, okay? So you don't have to give them a lot of uh, a lot of uh, job hunting advice because they're not job hunters. But for a corporate recruiter, they might be. And you know what? I got to tell you, giving job hunting advice takes a ton of time. It's not a five minute or ten minute conversation. Even if you tell them, I always tell people read Guerrilla Marketing for Job Hunters. Great book. That's not what they want from you. They want you to lay it out for them as if you're a consultant. Yeah. Okay, for free, and you know it's not like I you think don't want it's kind of presumptuous of most recruiters to think that they have all the answers for a for a job hunt. That's not, that's not our job hunting is not our field. Isn't you know it? what? It's isn't it the same thing as hunting for uh, openings for for job orders? Not really. And then presenting. I don't, I don't think so. Do, do we all think that we're qualified to offer job hunting seminars here? I mean, I can refer somebody to a few recruiters and let them know a couple of ins and outs, but serious, hardcore advice for job hunting people, that's a whole different profession. I don't know. I think it's much the same. Anybody else got an opinion? What about uh, interview advice, Jerry? Can you give that? Are you qualified to give that? Yes, some. some. More interview advice than job hunting advice, yeah. Probably. Yeah, what about resume advice? Can you give that? Mm, limited. Uh, and, and what job about, hunting advice? Hey, I've got a job. Are you qualified? Do you have a resume? Send it over. 
what about what's, what's hot in your industry? What programming jobs are hot? What's cooled off? Can you give advice on that? Mm, for about five minutes. Yeah, until it changes. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it sounds to me like you're qualified to give a lot of advice. Don't tell anybody because I don't want them calling me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anybody else got something they'd uh, like to share? Because the show's almost over. And I, I thought this last part, I thought we did a pretty good job with it. But uh, anybody else got anything else? Nope. No. Okay. Jerry, what you I was to, talking you care about. To, you care to circle back to that earlier part, Animal? What was that at the beginning of the show? What was, I think I missed the show where all of these defenses took place, and I'm still looking where. I'm still down, looking to see where the uh, can, where's the rules posted. Uh, I, I would like yeah, to can I ask for an official statement from the Animal Show regarding all of that? Because now the guy from earlier is on Twitter saying he's sick of it and nobody's a man of their word. Uh, he's 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 a nut. Okay. Do you have an official statement or not? I have an official statement. I think I made it already earlier, and I might cut that part out of this show. But the point is, he came on. He used to. We have another guest, a guy who used to be a regular. He this 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 guy who was on today would come on and didn't like the way he did business, so he would always uh, dig him about it and call him a, a, a name that he didn't like uh, to tag his business in a negative way. Fine. I let him do it. I asked him a few times because he's right. He said he was funny. He said he had good contributions. That's true. But he wouldn't stop pestering this guy. Finally, it was going overboard. I told mm-hmm. him, don't do it anymore on the show. So we okay. went on Jerry's show, and Jerry let him really go all out. The Wait a minute. Their heads off. No, and I then, didn't. Hold on. Play that show again because you will see that I didn't allow it. I said, knock it off. Uh, this isn't cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so no question. I remember that. Okay. So then the guy who was getting slammed, he sent me an email. He said, I called, uh, you know, your blog talk radio. I told them, I said that, you know, somebody's slamming me on the show. Well, ooh, mm-hmm. you know, they said, if you want, you can put in a complaint and, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see what happens. So I, I figured, I started thinking, well, where else can I do the show? They, they yeah. kicked me off. So it ended up in a huge mess and you don't want it to happen again and you're tired yeah, of it. Yeah, and this guy, I told him, look, if you want to come back, just say you're going to follow the rules. Apologize and say you're going to follow the rules. He said today I have to apologize to him. He was loyal to me. Okay, well, I don't see it that way. Okay. Thanks okay. for clarifying that. Good. Anybody else <laughs> want to take me on? Thanks, everybody, yeah. for coming to the show. I really appreciate it. Come on! Ah! Yeah!